Hey, and uh, welcome to yet another episode of Pondering Through a Pagan Priest. I'm Onyx, as you already know. This is episode three of season one. Today, or at least in this podcast, I want to talk about the immutability of text. So let's explore that. Now, Socrates was said to be the wisest in all ancient Athens. We all know the story, you know, the Pythia, uh, etc., etc., uh, who is the wisest of them all, um, Socrates. But yet we have nothing, absolutely nothing, that was ever written by Socrates. Everything we know about what he thought, what he said, or what he did, comes to us only through his contemporaries and his students, such as Plato. And we might also wonder why we don't have anything written by the wisest person in all of ancient Athens. His thoughts, his investigations changed ancient Athens, even to the point where you know, the government considered him a threat and he was sentenced to death. But we don't have anything written by him. Why? Well, according to Plato, Socrates was asked plenty of times, begged, to write down his wisdom, write down his teachings, so that it could be saved for posterity and passed along. This would seem to be a, a great thing to do. I mean, why would we lose what this, 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 this great thinker, this great philosopher um, said and thought? Well, Socrates always refused to record any of this. He refused to write it down. Why? Well, according to Socrates, through Plato, of course, when something is written, it becomes immutable. He says that this immutable writing is then dissected and interpreted in several different contexts under which it was not originally placed. What might be a very solid and wise observation at that time and in that place and in that circumstance may well not be solid or wise in another time, another place, or another circumstance. And I wonder if this is precisely the challenge that religious traditions based on the written word 
may be dealing with even in the present. I believe that throughout time and all of geography, many various individuals have encountered and been in the presence of that innermost divinity we may call we may call God by whatever name we choose to use. Now I'm not I'm not talking about any specific deity or manifestation of deity, but of the numinous, pervading, omnipresent divine. I also believe that these individuals desire to communicate this understanding, this gnosis, to those around them. They wanted others to know the ecstasy of the divine communion as they have. And I believe these individuals do their best to communicate this indescribable truth. However, they must communicate this numinous understanding through their own language and through the lens of their own cultural experience. They have no other tools to describe this indescribable. Consider for a moment how a person from the Middle East over 2,000 years ago might describe something that defies description. Then consider how we, so far removed by time and geography, might interpret what this individual wrote. If our spiritual understanding is to grow, it must, by nature, change. If it's recorded in unalterable and immutable text, this can't happen, especially if we consider this text to be canon. We might write an absolutely brilliant piece on the nature of God. It might be truly enlightening to many people who read it in this time and in this place. However, as time progresses and society changes, Eventually, this brilliant and moving piece may come to be seen as archaic and naive. Socrates believed, at least according to Plato, that when something is written, it becomes immutable. Immutable things don't change. But as we grow and our culture changes, our society changes, we begin to understand things, or we do understand things, in a different light. And if we're stuck in a written paradigm, 
that may be oh so valid and brilliant thousands of years ago. Then we may be undermining our own ability to get to the center of that gnosis of what the divine truly is. The divine hasn't changed. God hasn't changed. But our understanding of the divine changes. It changes in ourselves as we grow, as we progress through this thing we call life. As we get older, we look at things differently. So even within our own individual self, the way we would describe our numinosity with God would be different. I know that for me, when I describe that feeling, that ecstatic feeling, now in my mid-50s, my language for describing that is completely different than it was a couple of decades ago. Now you take that and you extrapolate that the individuals in other geographies and in other times, uh, well, even this, let's take this, okay? Even in different geographies, the numinous and ecstatic feeling that I have in that divine communion is, at least in part, the same as your numinous feeling in that divine communion. But when I talk about how I feel and the way I think about this relationship, I'm going to use different language than you. We may be separated by very little geography and we may be on opposite sides of the world, but we're in the same time, or at least generally the same time. I don't know how far into posterity this podcast will be listened to, but in this time, we're different in the way we look at things. So that's just a geographical difference. So take that and extrapolate further. What if I were speaking to you across time, across thousands of years? then the way I describe that relationship with the divine, that ecstatic feeling that I have, that humanist feeling that I have in divine communion, that language and those images may or may not make any sense whatsoever to you. So think about that. When something is written, it becomes immutable. And as Socrates, or at least we think, according to Plato, we say that Socrates says that, you know, once it's written down, we already, we come back to this, this is mutable. And then that 
writing then can be dissected and interpreted in different contexts which it originally did not appear. And yes, I absolutely understand that even this podcast is just a snapshot of my thoughts at the time of recording. I may well change my mind soon after I publish it. Contemplation, inner thought, inner examination, those are important. I hope that this has planted a small thought seed in fertile ground, and I hope that you'll consider it. I hope that you will allow it to grow. I hope that you'll come to your own understanding, your own gnosis about what I'm saying. It really doesn't matter what you think. But it does matter that you think. Remember that we are evolving. And I challenge you to be involved as we evolve. Please check out my Facebook page, Raven's Nest Media. I would also encourage you to check out International Pagan Radio. IPR, or International Pagan Radio, is an internet streaming radio station. It's available all the time, anywhere that you have an internet connection. You can find it at internationalpaganradio.com. You can find it in the TuneIn Radio app. You can find both a group and a page on Facebook. So please check it out. I really appreciate you listening to the podcast, what I have to say. And remember that you can leave a message, a voice message for me if you go over to the Anchor site, uh, that's anchor.fm slash onyxraven, which is the home site for this podcast, even though you may be listening to it. And as it stands right now, there are six different venues through which you can hear this podcast. Uh, there's Spotify, Breaker, uh, I forget the others, but... Um, those you can find by going to the anchor.fm slash onyxraven uh, page and you can see which ones are there. So yeah, I, I really appreciate you spending time with me and listening to what I have to say. And I hope that we can open this dialogue. Send me a message. Tell me what you think. Um, I may even use your message in one of my episodes. Let's open this dialogue. In all things, 
may you blessed be 